You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Well, welcome back, Devoted Podcast listeners. Man, I've missed you guys. Is that is that weird? I, I know that I can't actually see you guys right now as I'm recording, but for some reason, I feel like, you know, we've been missing out on our on our chats somehow. And so I've actually really missed this. And I'm excited to get to um, start in again for another season. So I actually took um, a month off. I think I mentioned that in my last podcast. It feels like it was so long ago. But I did take a month off from podcasting just so I could focus on the next Bible study that Athey Women is going to be doing in the spring. And oh, man, I am beyond excited for that. It's going to be in April and May. And whether you are here in the Portland area or whether you're away and you want to join us virtually for that, I'm so excited for what the Lord has for us. But I'm just telling you now, gals, buckle up because it's it's going to be a great study, but it is going to be, I think, some strong and great, powerful words that the Word has for us. So we're going to talk more about that, I'm sure, as the weeks unfold. But I'm just excited over here because it was just a really great experience, such great time with the Lord, so much time in prayer, just focusing on His Word for that study. So I'm just so excited that. But today we're back for our second season of the Devoted Podcast. And I wanted to do a couple things today. And one of them is just to chat with you guys about what we're doing here. Why why are we doing this? Why are we doing the Devoted Podcast? You know, there are a lot of podcasts out there. There's tons of content sources and blogs and books, and there is absolutely no shortage of information out there, is there? So why this podcast? Why has um, the Lord and what specifically as the Lord put on my heart for the Devoted Podcast. And we've probably talked about this maybe in the first couple episodes of the podcast, or maybe you listen to the trailer and you kind of know what my heart is. But I just feel like the Lord has just encouraged me in what he has for us in this. And I think even as we go along, kind of given me a little bit more clarity and mission and that kind of stuff. And so I just wanted to bring all of us into that conversation and and just kind of share with you what my heart really is for this. And it's the first part of it is right there. It's in our name, right? Devoted. And the day that the Devoted Podcast and Devoted to God's Word, women devoted to God's Word, the day that becomes a tagline and not an end statement, then we have taken a wrong turn. Okay. I don't want to see us just devoted to filling some time up. Y'all have so many things out there that you can listen to for sure, right? But what I am hoping that what we do here is that it encourages us, it challenges us to be devoted to the word. You don't see the word devoted a ton in scripture, but you do see it in one big place, right? In Acts 2, 42, that's where it talks about the forming of the early church. And and it said that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. So they were devoted to those things. So that's obviously a really big one. But overall, you don't see that word devoted a ton, but you do hear that theme and that concept through scripture a ton of being devoted, being wholehearted. That's how Psalm 119 looks at that. Psalm 119.10 says, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. And I think there are so many reasons probably why this word just resonates with me so much is because I just, I love the 
that it's just all in. There's just no holding back with this. It really wants us to be committed in the whole sense of the word. And like in Psalm 119, I was talking about that wholehearted concept, and it comes up several times about, you know, delighting in in God's word, but it it has that wholehearted approach. And um, we actually did a little small teaching on this when we did the Psalm 119 study about um, going and approaching God's word wholeheartedly, because it can be kind of a word that we sort of just glance over because like, ah, okay, wholehearted, that sounds very, you know, Christianese or something like that. But it's the same concept of being devoted. It's being really all in and submitted to this. And I think it's really important. You see, in Revelation, Jesus would warn the church in Laodicea about being lukewarm, right? And in Revelation 3, I think it's in, it starts in 15, he says, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you are one or the other. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Okay, that's kind of a hard word. And, but that is what describes being lukewarm, kind of having one toe in and one toe out, but just really not being very committed to something. And I really see this as a danger with the word, especially, man, there is nothing about the word that is calling us to just sort of read it, sort of follow it. You're not going to find that. You're going to find things like being wholehearted, not wandering from the Lord's commandments, but really like being in it. And devoted, yep, it's a great word. It's a great concept and idea. But like I said, it's something that we have to really own and we got to be submitted to. But I think it's really easy also to find ourselves devoted to the wrong stuff, you know. And so our intention here is to draw you in to be fully devoted to God's word. And when I say being devoted to God's word, you know, some people been Christians a long time, we'll go, hey, wait a minute. Well, what about just being fully, we want to be fully devoted to Jesus. We want to be fully devoted to the Lord. Well, absolutely. But here's the thing. If you're devoted to God's word and following and submitting yourself to the things that you're studying and reading in the word, you are going to be wholly devoted to Jesus, to God's word, to his plan and his will for your life. And so that's what I love about scripture so much is it is this whole story of God telling, giving us all, all the things that we need to know. And, and so for me, it's like, it it would be foolish really, right? If we didn't really plug into this. So that's what we want to do here. If you look devoted up in the dictionary, it means wholly given up to or dedicated, zealously interested even is what it says. And I think I find, and I'm sure you do as well, kind of in our culture, there's a lot today that sadly, especially in our spheres as women, guys, I mean, don't you just feel like there's just a lot of folks out there that we don't even like to say that word submitted, right? But really, that's what God's word asks of everyone. Men, women, children, everyone were to be submitted to the word of God. And in order to truly merit that word, that's where we have to lie. We have to let it be our standard. And so I just... That is the heart behind what I really want to always keep pointing us to is that it has to be our standard. But this is going to be, there's a catch here, right? Because if we are approaching scripture and not really being committed to it, but just sort of dabbling in it, as your walk as a believer, you're just, you're not going to be moving forward, are you? There is something that if you're like, you know, it's started the new year, right? And everybody like begins real big on their whole exercise plan and, you know, the diet and all that stuff. But y'all know how this goes. 
you know, if you dabble in it, if you just kind of like, oh, I'm going to kind of do this thing and I'm going to kind of do this workout, are you going to get the same kind of results that if you go all in? It's a basic concept. But at the same time, I think a lot of times with the word, we, we don't approach it with that sort of that wholehearted look. So that's what our purpose is. But guys, this is going to challenge us, right? Because if we're honest, there are going to be times that you're going to read something or in a study something that might make you feel a bit uncomfortable. The word should cause us to make changes. I mean, it's going to do that. Because if you're reading the word and you don't ever find things that are hard to understand or maybe things that... Um, convict you or ask you to, you know, change or do something different to, I, I would suggest you need to take another look. Because we are giant sinners, right? And we are going to mess up and we are fallible. And our even our understanding, our minds are so small in comparison to what the Lord's mind is. Other places, lots of places in scripture tell us that, that his thoughts are not our thoughts. So it shouldn't surprise you when you read things that are kind of, hmm, I'm not sure how that sits with me real well. But that's, that's good. That's good. Pray about those things. We want to ask the Lord that we would have his mind and his heart on things. But we got to see what that is first. And that's where scripture comes in. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And I love this because it makes me think about what is in our thinking. What's influencing our thinking? Are we thinking biblically or are we culturally minded? And it's isn't it sneaky how good and loving and, you know, Christian-y something can sound sometimes. But if our foundation and our ability to stand our ground is not really firm, you know, if we're not devoted to what that foundation should look like, we're going to struggle. We're going to struggle and we're going to fall prey to a whole lot of things that we shouldn't be. You will be devoted to something. But what will it be? You know, Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. This is always so telling, too. If you think about the things that you spend most of your time doing, those things are probably, more than likely, going to be really important to you. And it is kind of a good gauge if you get kind of look, take a little inventory. Well, what am I spending my time doing? Because you're going to find that that is where your treasure is. So, Again, with the Devoted Podcast, I kind of I sit here and I feel like with that word, it's sort of, so if I'm going to be devoted to something, well, what is it? I am praying that what I am devoted to, what you guys are devoted to, is to the Word of God and what it says to us. So why why am I going into all this? Well, a couple of reasons. One, I kind of want you to know what you're getting into. Guys, if you're going to give me 45 minutes, sometimes they're 30, sometimes it's almost an hour. If you're going to give me that kind of time, I want to know that you guys are being pointed in the direction that is towards the Word of God. Whatever I say, whatever commentary I have, whatever guests we have on what they say, that's, that's all great. But guys, that is so secondary to what the Word has to say to us. And that is the part that's really important. My hope is that you will have a desire to look to God's Word and let it mold you and challenge you. And yes, comfort you. But know that there's going to be things that we will not love to hear. And I, I don't know what this is. I don't know whether this is my all boy household over here or just my own God given wiring, but I do not like fluff. I am not a fluffy girl. I'm just not a fan of saying stuff to give us all a pat on the back, unless 
It really lines up with scripture. And those are his words to us. So that's the goal. The second thing I wanted to just ask you guys to think about just a second is to kind of encourage you to take an inventory of what is feeding you. It's the new year. And you know how they always say that it's it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. Does anyone else not really love that saying? Well, it's true, though, kind of, right? I mean, if even if we don't like it, it's sort of, you know, if you eat your veggies with a side of cheesecake, you're probably not going to have the end results that you are looking to achieve. It's kind of like what I was talking about before. If you're dabbling in, you know, your exercise plan or whatever, you're not going to get the same kind of results as if you're all in. But as you look at your plan for the year and you'll sit here and you're like, oh, okay, wow, I really need to cut out the sugar and I need to cut out this and all this. There are things probably in what you're taking in that might need a smidge of a detox, right? But then they also say with all these fun lifestyle changes and diet plans and all this stuff, they always say moderation is the key, right? And here I suppose is where my analogy breaks down just a little bit, because I'm not suggesting that you just need to not be in the world, right? We're called to be salt and light. So I do think that we need to engage and we need to be able to reach out to neighbors and friends and family members but it's going to be real important that that foundation is so, so solid so that we can press into that and we can be able to really engage in the right way, being able to discern, you know, what the right and the almost right is. But that won't happen if we're not really looking to the word. But I would just encourage you to kind of take an inventory as you're, you know, stepping into 2021. What am I being fed right now? Take an inventory of all the sources that you're taking. And you might look and go, you know what, that one needs to be cut. But I would also say, don't just talk about that, like really pray about that and ask the Lord to show you if there is something that, whether it's it's a hobby or a, a habit, that the Lord would say, I don't want that to be in your life right there. And again, sometimes that can hurt just a smidge. That might be something that we want. And I don't know what that is for you. I know that sometimes though I've prayed those things and just felt that the Lord would say, you know, you need to spend less time doing that. And you need to plug into this more. So that was just something I was thinking about that I always feel like it's a good time to kind of little take a little check in of the things that we are being fed by. So with that, what can you expect this season? Well, lots of the word, lots of the word. Like I said, any commentary here, guys, is just going to be secondary to what the word says. That's the good stuff. That's where we need to just sit in that. So that's really always going to be on the forefront. But I do have some good conversations scheduled for you guys, man, from everything from being single. And I've got a gal coming on. You're going to love her about that and just what the Bible says about that. We're going to have a bit of a wrap up conversation with the gal who was a contributor with the Psalm 119 Bible study. I think that's going to be really good where that one's coming up. Also, my pastor, Brett Metter, is going to join us. And I am really looking forward to that. I don't even want to talk about that too much because that one is just going to be so fun. But there's a lot of stuff that's coming up. We're going to do some more apologetic stuff, guys. I just think apologetics and knowing the reason for our faith, knowing our Bibles is just so important. So I am going to do some more of those. And then sometimes, you know, it'll it'll just be me with some things that the Lord has put on my heart. And I have a, some ideas for some series. I seriously have like a whole whiteboard guys of all these things that as I have my quiet time and like different things like pop up I just write it on the board but I don't even want to say what they are because for all I know the Lord's gonna go no don't do that one 
do that one, you know, so who knows? And then somebody would be like all mad that I didn't do the one that I said. So I'm not going to go there. You know, you probably remember last season I was saying how I would just love to have a perfect plan and theme and know exactly where we're headed. And I still don't feel like I quite have that, but I think that could just be an intentional thing that the Lord is doing with me so that I learn to really press into him and just be flexible with what the Lord has. But one thing that the Lord has put on my heart that I am really going to strive to keep at the forefront for us within this season throughout 2021 is the gospel itself. I have been studying Paul and Galatians, and I, you know, I love when in 1 Corinthians, when Paul says, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Guys, I'm still sitting on that. What does that mean? What does that look like for us? And I want to look at that because really nothing else matters more than the gospel. I mean, that's literally life and death right there, right? And um, so I know that we that's going to be sprinkled throughout. And hopefully the Lord will just show us practical ways of what that looks like. So the gospel is something we're just going to keep coming back to. So anyway, that's a little peek into some of where we're headed in the next several months. Like I said, I'm, I'm just really excited. I wish you guys could see me smiling, but I am. So, but the other thing I wanted to hammer out in this episode, and I hope you don't just like, uh, no, don't do this, but I kind of want to chat a little bit on 2020, just for a second. Okay. Don't turn me off yet. Okay. Cause I, I know what you're thinking. You're all going, nope. Uh-uh. It is January, it is 2021, and I am done talking about 2020. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. And when we, the last episode we did, we talked about being grateful for 2020. And we have to, guys, we've got to be thankful for this last year. There, there was some good stuff that we would not have gotten any other way except 2020 style. And I, you know, I know people are like, oh, goodness, you're, you're grasping at straws. But the word does tell us to be grateful and to be thankful in prayer. And so it's really important to cause yourself to actually think about those things that we should be grateful for, that we can be thankful for. And I, I even thought of some of those things, you know, and we talked about them in the last episode. But yeah, there were some slower schedules. Guys, boy, I have learned to appreciate as much as I, I still kind of get Zoom fatigue. I don't know that I'm, you know, so loving it. But at the same time, We've learned to use it in a way that I don't know that I know that I never even would have attempted before 2020. And I know that it has been a benefit and blessed other people. And you've learned, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why I didn't consider this, but I never would have thought you could do a Zoom call and pray with someone. I don't know why that seemed weird, but now it's not weird at all. And I think that's really cool to be able to do that in more ways. And again, that was 2020 style, guys. We had no idea. Or me, even just like talking to your kids and probably even talking to yourself about persevering through stuff. You know, when things are changing and, and you know, nothing seems very steady, but kind of going through that. And it did make us look at the word harder, didn't it? It made us take that passage of, you know, be anxious for nothing and go, huh, am I really doing that? Am I being anxious for nothing? Or what is it that I'm allowing to be, you know, anxiety driving right now? 
So we have lots that we still can be thankful for. And I'm hoping that, you know, maybe it's like the further we get away from 2020, the more we can look back on those things and go, oh, Lord, that was such a blessing. I don't know if you're like me, you know, at Christmas time, all of the ornaments were coming out, like the 2020 ornaments. And, you know, they were funny and they had like a, you know, a roll of toilet paper on a Christmas tree. And they were very cute. They were very clever. And I don't know, for some reason, every time I saw one at a store, I was like, you know, too soon too soon. I'm just just not there yet. So I know that there are things that, yes, we're, we're still kind of cringing a little bit. But that's, again, where I think we can just take the encouragement from the word to be grateful and um, just change our minds about something and choose to reflect on the things that we can really be thankful for that the Lord did. So, yep, that's 2020 that we still want to be thankful for. But I wanted to look at one more thing before we jump into 2021 with both feet. And I really do want to. But I I wanted to, so I want to couch this with a little bit of a story. So I grew up in uh, Wyoming on a ranch. And when you grow up in Wyoming on a ranch, you, uh, man, they they pretty much let you do things that you kind of wouldn't do if you were just a city dweller, right? So one of those things is you kind of get to drive early, So I bet the first time that I drove a car by myself, guys, I bet it was like 11 or 12. And that is quite frankly terrifying because I have a 12-year-old and I'm thinking, there is no way I'd be letting you in a car. But you did that back then. It was all dirt roads and we used to get the milk from my grandma's house up the hill. And so my mom would send me up on either the four-wheeler, which obviously that's not a car, so that wasn't as, you know, quite as crazy, or my dad's Bronco, or my mom's awesome station wagon. And I would drive up and get the milk and come home. Well, so I don't know, I learned to drive very early. And I I still guys, this just makes me laugh. Because if you've not had a chance to see me in person, I'm not super tall. Well, when I was 11, I was seriously like, like this miniature. I, I can't, I was tiny. I was just not a big kid. I don't even know how I reached the pedals, to be quite honest. But, but there's this one particular time that I remember, and maybe, I, like I said, I think I was probably 12. I could have been younger. And I was driving my dad's black Ford Bronco, which I thought was way cool, by the way. And I remember my dad was outside, and we were pulling. He wanted me to pull the Bronco out and back it out from somewhere. I think he was trying to do something in the garage, and so he said, I want you to you know, back the car out. And my dad's out there with me. He's watching me. And I got in and I pro- I'm sure I, you know, scooched the seat up as far as I possibly can. And I was probably like, you know, on my tippy toes trying to reach the, the gas and the brake. And I backed his Bronco out and I it wasn't super far, but I backed it out of the garage. And then I kind of turned to the right and just kind of kept going. And I honestly, guys, I don't even know. I don't know. Did my foot slip? Did I just have no idea? Was I seriously like three foot tall and couldn't see? I don't know. But I kept backing and I think I meant to hit the brake probably, but I think I hit the gas. And I just kept and I hit it a little bit harder. And I backed right into this giant fence pole. And keep in mind, my top speed here was probably like, I mean, five miles an hour, I wasn't like gunning it or anything like that. But I just remembered that situation. And I remember my dad running around to the side to the, you know, the driver's side where I'm driving, and I'm thinking, Oh, man, I am gonna be in trouble. And he had this look on his face, just kind of smiling at me a little bit. And he goes, did you learn anything? And thinking back, 
there's a couple things about this that I that I remark on is first of all is no he you know he was caring as a as a parent making sure I wasn't hurt and all of that kind of stuff, but he was watching that whole time like he totally could have you know come and tried to flag me down and go uh aim you're you know you're about to run into a pole and he never did that, but he was out there. And he comes around with a smile, kind of knowingly. And I think that's what I think back on is like, I think he knew I was going to hit the pole. And, but he let me do that. He let it get hit. And I didn't damage the Bronco, which is good news. But then he's coming around to me and he's saying those really important words. Did you learn anything? And I think it's just something that whether you are coming out of a good season, a bad season, that's always a good question to ask. What did you learn? What did you learn? And I think I wanted to take account of that just a little bit for 2020 before we jump into this year and think about the things that I learned. And I'd love for you to do the same. You know, maybe you could even journal about this a little bit and ask that question right at the top. What did I learn? this year. And it could be anything from something really simple and practical to something that might have much more of a, you know, even a heaviness or even just like a real life lesson here. But pray about that and ask the Lord, what would he have you take away? What did, what did he teach you? What did you learn? And keep in mind that I, cause this is, this is the image I have just as my dad came over to the side and, you know, kind of has this smile on his face of, well, what'd you learn? I think we need to imagine that the Lord is smiling. He is our loving father and he's coming around and he knows it's been a season. He knows that we've hit that fence post, but he's, he's looking at us lovingly and he's asking, did you learn anything? And so when I was looking at that for me, and obviously this is going to be different for, for everyone, but I wanted to share a couple of things that I have learned and there's far more than I'm going to go into here, but some of the big ones. And one of the big ones that I have learned is that fear is ugly and destructive. You know, fear and anxiety, they just, man, they had their day in 2020. And I, I bet at some point, every one of us fell prey to it in some way, you know, and I think we saw that it made others and it probably even made you act in a way you never thought was possible. And, and it's, it, it goes the gamut, right? It could be, you know, fear of job loss, income loss, fear of what people will think. What will people think if I wear a mask? What will people think if I don't wear a mask? I mean, the, the, all the anxiety, but even just that fear was almost like palpable this year. It really was. 2020 showed us what fear looks like on the outside. Not that little word, but actually what it looks like when people walk around in fear. And you, you know the saying that it says people are like tea bags. You never know how strong they are until you put them in some hot water. And I think some of us, you know, we might be a little bit on the chamomile tea side. You know, we might have been a little on the weak side when it came to that hot water. And then I think we saw others, or perhaps it was even just moment to moment, maybe even this different as we the season waned. But others were some strong Irish breakfast. I don't know if you've had Irish breakfast tea, but I do love it. But it is a strong tea. So were we chamomile or were we Irish breakfast? But something came out of us when we got into the hot water this last year. 
I love Psalm 33, 8 that says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. And Isaiah 41, 10 is one of my favorites. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God and I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And we've talked quite a bit about fear. We did a podcast on fear. And I know that that was heavy on yours because I can tell on my side it was one of the ones that people listened to and downloaded the most was about fear. Because it matters when we just are experiencing it like every single day. But we know that fear, it's, you know, at least the kind of fear that we saw at the grocery store and on our neighbor's faces and all of those, it's, that's not, that's not biblically where we're supposed to be at all. And we can talk about proper fear of God, and that's, that's the good thing. But largely, culturally, what we saw was, was not good. And that should cause us to pause. What, how can we learn from this? I know for me, I've asked myself this question, but I hope you do too, of just praying and asking the Lord that he would cause us to fear him only, not death not our circumstances, not our governments, not all of the things that we we saw, but having that right perspective of just fearing God. It sounds so simple. And in our minds, we can go, oh, yeah, I can do that. But you guys know it was a little harder when the rubber met, met the road this year, wasn't it? When we saw people that were so fearful. So I'll just keep pointing you back to those scriptures. Go back and even listen maybe to that podcast on fear. I don't even remember what it was all in there. Maybe I should go back and listen to it. So all the scriptures that are there. But it's really important to learn from what came out of the hot water this year. And for me, I look at that and I'm like, wow, I saw a lot of fear. And it was really destructive. It caused people to act in crazy, crazy ways. And it definitely drew a line in the sand, I think on how you could easily tell where someone's faith and where someone's trust was. We want to be really trusting in the Lord, in his steadiness and his goodness. So that was all kind of like, you know, a heavy little piece. And I want to draw you back to that picture of this, that the Lord was smiling. He's still looking. He's still caring. He's still loving us, seeing all that's going on and asking, did you learn anything? The other thing that I learned And I don't know if I have any other introvert friends out there that can relate to this, but I learned a lot about living in isolation. And it's not that I, it's not that I was like a total hermit or anything like that, but I I definitely would define myself as more of an introvert that I'm not typically like a big group and, and all of that kind of person, you know? And I think I just didn't put as much of a value on that as I think the Lord would have had me put on it. I was looking at Paul's, like how he wraps up his letters often. And you know how he always says, he mentions all the people that are there with him. And he often brings up people that are literally in jail with him. He'll give props to the people that are bringing him supplies and taking care of his needs, but he'll also mention those people that are there in jail. But he spends each of those letters, just about, where he gives kind of a shout out to his group of people. And I I just noticed that this year, whether you were somebody that just lived on being with people, boy, I saw that too. When our church, we were closed, right, for the first um, six months or so. And then we started opening up in limited capacity, but we started opening up. And guys, I think that was so ministering to me to see these 
amazing people come in who I really, uh, many of them, I did not know. And I'd see someone come in and they would just walk in the foyer and see other people and they would just get tears in their eyes. Or to see people come in and sing worship and get tears in their eyes, just tears like flowing down their face. And part of it, part of what was causing that was being with other people. We are told in scripture to fellowship. That verse I read from Acts 2.42, the things that they were devoted to. One of the things was to fellowship. And I think that one of the things that I learned was that I need to personally make fellowship a priority. And it is important for us to not live in isolation. It even challenged me to look at scripture, guys, and try to find an example where biblically it is supported to live in isolation. You will see, you know, a couple things where, yes, where Jesus says to go off by yourself and pray. But those you notice, those are always for like a limited period of time. And then they go back and they minister and they're with, he was with his disciples. Or, you know, I love even the Old Testament example of Moses when Aaron and her were lifting his arms when his arms got tired. There's always this, there, there's a group. And I think I struggle because there's all these words that people use for this. They say tribe. They say who's your, in your village. They say who's in your community. I kind of don't love any of those words. I'm so sorry. I think it's because they become very trendy and I don't know. And then sometimes community becomes like a big C as opposed to a little C. And, and it's a piece of the puzzle for sure. But sometimes it's overdone. But anyway, so I struggle with what the words are to describe who you have, who your group is that comes around you and you are just living life together, that you are praying together, that you're praying for them. Even just getting together, we finally in the, you know, the last couple months, we've had a group of people come and have dinner. And I tell you, it was amazing because we would laugh so much when this group of people were over. And we all realized that we think that our literally our cheek muscles, like our face laughing muscles had atrophied (laughs) because like my face would hurt when they would leave because I had been smiling so much. I think we kind of went through this last year with sort of not a scowl, hopefully, but there wasn't probably quite as much laughter as perhaps we've seen in other years. And the people that you are with, boy, they provide that kind of life for you guys to all live together and support each other. And one of the things that I have learned this year is to not live in isolation and to even strive for situations where you are intentionally putting yourself in fellowship. I'm going to really encourage you. We've got some devoted podcast listeners that are, you know, across the country and a lot of places where churches are not open or even here in Portland. Not very many churches have been open here in Portland. I'm praying, praying, praying that's going to change. But guys, wherever your church is, going to church is important. It's important. Online is awesome. And I'm so excited that we still have that. And I don't think it's going away. I think we're always going to use that in some capacity. And I'm grateful for it. But don't forget that we are instructed to be devoted. One of those things to be devoted to was fellowship. So we need to not forget that part. The last thing that I learned, and I think it's it's a verse you guys have heard me quote many times here on the Devoted Podcast, but I wanted to end with this because I just can't get this verse out of my mind throughout this year. And I, I'm praying, I'm just going to keep it on the forefront all the way through 2021 and, and further. But I love Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. 
It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. This verse, you guys have heard me say this a ton, but man, this just really impacted me this year. And I think in some ways it very much encapsulates what we are doing here on the Devoted Cotton Podcast. And what I'm hoping that you guys are doing at home is that you're looking carefully how you walk. What does your walk look like? You got, you know, but it's telling us to be intentional about it. It's telling us to be all in with it. We need to know what the word of God says. We need to know because if we don't, we're not going to be able to walk. We're not going to be able to walk as wise, that's for sure. But it also says making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Whether you want to look at that word evil as literally wicked and awful, which, yep, it can have that, con- that is in there as well. But it also has a meaning of being short and brief. And if you think about where you were one year ago today, your brain almost short circuits to think of all of the things that have changed literally in probably every capacity of your life, something has changed in one year, guys, one year. And that piece right there, making the best use of the time, are we making the best use of the time? When you're struggling to be motivated and go, man, what should my week look like? What should my day look like? I think about this verse. Am I making the best use of the time right now? I have a kiddo that is graduating high school this year. Am I making the best use of the time with him? I, you know, as you guys know, I have a real strong um, desire to see my kids, um, you know, rooted in the word, have a really good understanding of why they believe what they believe. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, killing it on every level on that at all. Not even, not by a long shot. But I do ask myself this question, am I making the best use of this time? Because it's short, guys. And, you know, for y'all that have like smaller kids, sometimes those seasons can seem like, oh, goodness, you know what, I've got forever. You don't. You don't. And I know you've heard people say that for years. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, that what is it they say The days are long, but the years are short or whatever phrase you want to put in that equation. I think that with kids, for sure. Yep. You get that. You can see them growing like weeds. And all of my kids are taller than me. Well, I've got one that's got I've got a couple inches on it, but that's it. So you can visually see the days are short, but not even that, you know, it's not even necessarily, this isn't just a thing for parents. This is whatever the Lord's called you to right now. I would just pray that you would ask the Lord, am I making the best use of this time? Whatever he's called you to do, are you making the best use of this time? And, and, and take it down a notch. Like it doesn't have to be like some giant goal. Like what am I going to do for 2021? Or what's the best use of your quiet time today? What is the best use of your car ride today? What is the best use of whatever that you're doing right now? But I think it just hit me in a way that it's not hit me in past years. And this is just something I learned this year is that, wow, guys, it's short. We don't have a lot of this this time on the grand scheme of things. As far as eternity goes, this is a blip on the radar. Make it count. And I think that's why I, lots of reasons, but lot, I love this verse so much because I want to be careful how I walk. I want to make the most of the time. I want to know and understand what the Lord's will is. And so that's what brings me to 
asking the Lord to show me how I can be more devoted to him, to his word, letting myself be challenged and praying that the Lord will change my heart, align my thinking to what his thinking is. And those are big prayers, right? But they come in little pieces, though, too. The Lord's kind and he is smiling. And yeah, he might be watching you run into a pole right now, but he loves you. And he, he wants you to learn. He wants you to learn. And the place that he wants us to learn is right in the word. So that's what I got for you today, guys, for this very first episode of season two. I'm really excited about all the things that are coming up for us. I'm just continuing to pray about what each episode looks like, what all the things, because I it's just so important to me, guys, that I stay in line with what the Lord has. I don't want this to be filled with fluff. I don't want this to be filled with, you know, my opinions. I want this to be causing you to look to your Bible and ask the Lord, hey, what? how can I make the best use of this time? So we'll be here every week and I will catch you next time on the Devoted Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at apcreek.com.